Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast it is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And awesome, by the way, for DFS on weekends like this, Saturday, Sunday, six games, DFS Daily Fantasy Sports. I think most of you guys know that. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. Classic journeyman calling the Bills-Colts game on Saturday for Westwood One. I can't wait. Wednesdays mean Andrew Brandt. Hopefully you're already following him on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. He's the best I'm aware of. When it comes to the business of sports and really taking a measured objective approach to things, which is kind of nice in today's hot takey society. We'll get to Andrew momentarily. Uh, should point out these weeks go so fast. We're already two days away from a spread the word winner. Already two days away from a sponsor confirmation email winner. The easiest contest I know. Sponsor confirmation. Just take advantage of any of our sponsors like HelloFresh. Delicious. Talking about them today. And spread the word winner at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, any social media platform you're aware of. Boom. YouTube shout out. These have become very popular. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube page and then comment because I don't see all the subscribers now, but I do see every comment. So comment on any of the videos. We post the highlights from every show, which is only like two or three highlights from each show. And then we post the full episodes. You comment on any of those, I see it. You can win the cameo-style shout-out on Friday, which, like I said, people really enjoy because it's like me giving a shout-out to whoever you want. I just did one yesterday for a a buddy's birthday. Um, So I love doing those. No patrons today. We're going to have a a happy hour soon. Get in on that. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. I already mentioned how great he is. Now I'll just mention that the Business of Sports podcast is the best of its kind. Absolutely love it. Every week I learn something. I know a lot of you. Look, if you guys listen to podcasts, you're smart, right? Like you understand on-demand audio. You understand listening to what you want, when you want to. You're smart people. I think you would be smart to listen to the Business of Sports podcast and get smarter about that What do you have this week, Andrew, or recently? 
Hey, Ross. I'm going to do some more rants. Last week's went well with the top 10 stories of the year. This week, I'll dive in a little more what's happening as we enter the playoffs in the NFL with the COVID situation, as we continue to talk about the Eagles in a lot of different ways. And of course, as we look forward to the playoffs and the business aspects of that. So I'll get into all that. Appreciate you mentioning the podcast. And again, for people that don't know, I've started a newsletter Andrew-Brandt.com is where you sign up for it. It's a nuggets for me to send you off into your Sunday. Seven for Sunday. Sign up at that website. I love it. It's free, right? It's free. Every Sunday morning to your email. Yeah, I love it. By the way, in terms of your top 10, number one, that was awesome. And we got a really good response from it. Number two, we could do a top 10 just for this week, Andrew. So I'm going to dive into it. I want to start with, I think we got to start with the Eagles Sunday night and and that decision that they made. I know you've been on a lot of radio stations. It's Wednesday. People are still talking about it, Andrew. And as I like to do, I don't want to paint you into a corner. Just your thoughts on what we witnessed Sunday night and your reaction to it. Sure, Ross. I mean, I think knowing the Eagles as I do – they're a data-driven team. They rely a lot on analytics. They rely a lot. You know, everybody knows about Doug Peterson going forward on fourth down. Let's just sort of take away the emotion and look at the analytics of Sunday night, which I know people have talked about. If the Eagles lose, they get, the, I believe, the fifth or sixth pick in the draft. If they win, they get, I believe, the ninth or tenth pick in the draft. So to move up from the ninth or 10th to the fifth or sixth is roughly a second round pick by the data, by the analytics, by what we've seen in the past. And you could even argue a late first or early second round pick. So take away all the emotion right now and just say, what is the best interest of the Eagles? Where are their incentives aligned going into the game? And from a strictly unemotional point of view, their incentive is to not have to give up that second round pick to get to where they want to be. How do they do that? They lose. Okay. They lose. So if you look at it from that data driven, unemotional, un- a detached point of view, which management often has to do, that's the right outcome. How do you get there? Well, this is the execution of it seems a little bit clunky, right? So they play their quarterback, Hurts. They give him a fourth and four. He misses the pass. They're still down, what, three points? And then they give up on that position. I get the whole idea of seeing what Nate Sudfield has. I get the fact he's been there a long time and the poor guy hasn't gotten to play. But you know the optics and everybody's talked about it. Why not start him? Okay. Because that's too much like you're giving in? I don't know. I mean, if the problem is, in my opinion, the Eagles realized we've got to do what we said we're going to do without having to later give up a second round pick to do it. And the way to do that was to play lesser players. Listen, the idea of tank, Ross, we talked about this before. You know this better than anyone. Football players can't tank. How do you tank? You stop black blocking, you stop tackling, you don't catch the ball, you don't throw the ball, you let the receiver run by you. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So what happens is tanking is from a coaching management point of view, 
where you play lesser players. And the most important position, as everyone knows, is quarterback. So they played a lesser player at quarterback, it was obvious, and they lost. The optics are bad. <laughs> and what I said on Twitter, Ross, is I still believe Doug Peterson had no way to handle this media-wise. If he says the truth, he's in trouble with the league. You've, you've attacked the integrity of the sport. If he says the not truth, we wanted to give Nate a look. You know, we as fans and media can, can roast him, but that's the better option for him. While we're on the Eagles, Andrew, there was another report. This one from Chris Mortensen that Carson Wentz wants out unequivocally. He wants out and that his relationship with Doug Peterson is damaged beyond repair. I guess I just want to get your thoughts on what I am assuming is the strategy of Carson Wentz's agent to talk to Chris Mortensen and put that out there? Yeah, I sure would like to know if it's definitely the agent. I mean, we seem to have a leak every day regarding Carson Wentz. I don't know who it is, Ross. I mean, the natural point goes to the agent, but I don't know why this keeps coming out. Um, it doesn't seem to be a lot of different stories than we're out two weeks ago, but Again, who's going to be happy with being benched? You know me. I've said it on podcasts. I've written it. I have to tweet back my SI column on this all the time, Ross, because people ask me the same, same questions about would he take less money? Could he facilitate a trade? Whatever it is, taking less money doesn't help the Eagles. Listen, can I absolutely certainly 100% say they're not going to trade him? I guess not. I am saying they won't. Uh, and I know everyone's going to come back at me if they do, and I'm going to have a Twitter barrage, right? But I'm saying they won't because having managed an NFL cap to take on a $34 million charge for a player that won't be there, I just can't see it. And people say Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was $21 million. That's a long way from $34 million. So I don't see it. Now, what happens? You know, as a team guy, Ross, I would always say when an agent tried to tell me to do this contract this way, do this this way, cap, set up your cap this way with this contract, I would say, don't tell me how to run our cap, right? And if I'm the Eagles, I would probably say, don't tell us how to run our team, especially through the media. So... Obviously, the, the point is clear. There has to be a come-to-Jesus meeting. And from Wentz's point of view, you want to know one thing. Are we, if we're here, are we going out the first minicamp with Hertz as starter, with Wentz as starter, with a competition? Now, I'd like your opinion on this, Ross. I think the Eagles know right now who they want their starter, who they want their starter in the opening mini camp to be next year. I don't think there's any doubt they know, but we don't know. But does Wentz know? And does Hertz know? Because that's what we got to find out. Yeah, I, you know, Howie Roseman didn't shut the door on it completely. So I'll be curious to see how it unfolds. I still think the most likely scenario is they're both back because 
You got to make sure you're good at that position. And right now, there's pros and cons of both those guys, but neither one of them is a slam dunk. Right. I think if you bring them both back, the odds that one of the two – I mean, probably if you bring them both back, one of the two I think works out, one of the two doesn't, Andrew. That would be my guess, right? Like, Hertz takes a big step in year two and he's the guy, and maybe Wentz never recovers, or maybe Wentz bounces back from whatever happened to him this year, and maybe Hertz, you know, never really gets any better, or maybe they both end up being good, and then you have options. But that's my take on it. I hear so many – People ask me from Philly and radio and everything, what do you do? I say it's a two-word answer, right? It's a two-word answer. You fix him. Fix him. This is not a player that has never shown ability. This is not a player that has never played at a high level. So are you telling me, fans, forget about all the reports and forget about the money, which is incredible to forget about here. Are you telling me you give up on Carson Wentz, 27 years old, who's shown MVP qualities two years ago? I don't see it. I don't see it. Andrew, some other stuff we have to talk about. Wow. Uh, Let's start with Cleveland and the COVID issues. I guess continued COVID issues, but now it's – Five people, three coaches, two players just yesterday, including the head coach and offensive play caller, Kevin Stefanski. Is it a competitively balanced situation, imbalanced? Absolutely. Are they going to play, in my opinion? Absolutely. You know, we have seen the NFL. They're not going to change the rules for the playoffs, I don't think. Where I've talked about it ad nauseum about – playing through with no quarterbacks in Denver, with no running backs in New Orleans, uh, with the Packers 49ers Thursday night game, they wouldn't even move to the weekend. And of course, with the Ravens having 23 positives. I don't see a move. I I don't see them moving this game. They've got it the latest game of the weekend, the Browns Steelers. For lack of better phrase, it's tough luck Browns, you know, tough luck Browns. So is it a competitive disadvantage to not have the head coach and it seems like some players? Yes. Is it going to move the game? No. It is interesting, Ross, the last thing is what about these Steelers' opponents? Like the Ravens back with the Titans, remember that? (laughs) And now the Browns. It's like like they're all playing the Steelers. It's interesting. I saw some people on Twitter. They were joking, I'm sure – but arguing that the Steelers are infecting teams with COVID. Obviously, they're not. It is just one heck of a coincidence. And what I find interesting, Andrew, we're recording this a little bit later than usual today. It's 9.30 a.m. We heard nothing yesterday from contact tracing. So they had five positives, Hmm. three coaches, two players, nothing from contact tracing. In my experience – the longer it is before we hear something, the more they're figuring out what they're going to have to do. Oh, yeah. Because you got to think those five that there's probably – I mean, I'm guessing they celebrated in the locker room after they won the they won the game and made the playoffs. You know, those guys were all in the locker room. So I maybe it's just taking them this long to go through it. But I fear 
that they have some legitimate contact tracing issues, but they're not going to say that yet until they see how many people test positive today and sort of say, okay, well, there's no other positives. We're good. Or here's the contact tracing, or there's more positives. There's more contact tracing. And then they might really have an issue on their hands. Think about the only option, Ross, is if you move it, you've got to move the whole playoffs, right? So if well, you, you could theoretically if, move it to Monday night. Yeah, or but what if Monday night, will that help? I not guess. ideal for the Steelers, right? But yeah, I mean, we, we don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, maybe even Tuesday they would push it to and then have the Steelers play the Sunday night game the next week if they win or the Monday or they push that back to Monday. But I don't think they're going to push the whole playoffs back. No. So it could get to the point where, I don't know, we'll see. I got to ask you about Nick Casario being hired in Houston by the Texans. Andrew, they hired a search firm. The search firm presented five people, five candidates they felt best about. The Texans hired somebody that wasn't one of the five. Your thoughts? I can't believe it. You know, I've talked about the boondoggle that is search firms and sports and maybe other businesses. But let's let's take our listeners or our viewers. Search firms are hired to give a list of people that people should interview. They vetted them before. They've talked to them. All the interviewing process really has been done by the search firm. And then they're presented to the team. The search firm has been reported, Corn Ferry, one of the biggest in the country, vetted all, as you said, five candidates, presented him to the team, and the team chose Nick Casario from the Patriots, who uh, is the favored candidate of Dak Easterby, who's been there and basically ignored the search firm, who will get paid, I think, six figures. If they had brought someone, they'd probably get paid, you know, closer to, to seven figures. It's amazing. What a boondoggle. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Houston. It continues to be something where we look at from the outside and say, what the heck is going on there? And I'll also add this, Ross, for people interested, my column on Sports Illustrated came out. And what I propose is different GM models to look at. We always talk about scouts. We always talk about even cat managers. What about a bigger person, someone who's from a a non-traditional aspect, from tech, from finance, from media, I really sort of say, are we? it's time for a disruption to NFL general managers. We're hiring the same background for general managers today that they were 30 years ago, Ross, basically scouts. So uh, my point is, and you can read it at Sports Illustrated, a general manager does a lot more than pick players, and we need to look at a disruption there. Can you argue that John Lynch – as a player broadcaster with no experience, was a uh, was a disruption a little bit? Yeah, non-traditional hire there. When I say media, I don't necessarily think media talent, you know, but someone, say some, an executive from one of the networks that has managed people, that has managed sports media, and that frankly is involved with more new media as we uh, go into a new generation. Last thing, speaking of that, Andrew, I got to get your thoughts on John Elway's move, where it seems like he, I don't know if you say he got kicked up front, kicked up, you know, uh, front or his decision. It sounds like now he doesn't have to work as many hours, but gets paid more and can still make the big calls. 
a man after my own heart, right? <laughs> and here's my, I don't know if you know this connection. We are classmates at Stanford. Uh, I certainly knew who he was. He had no idea who I was. <laughs> but we were classmates at Stanford, same year, <clears throat> same graduating class. Um, and, you know, he's got a good job there. And, you know, this sort of makes sense. Again, does he want to be the guy bird-dogging players sitting in a film room all day? I don't know. And can he still stay there and manage? Sure. Sure. And it makes sense. And if his heart and time and attention is not in that sort of uh, job-specific GM duties, yeah, go above it. And again, John Elway can do whatever he wants, especially in that city. Andrew, always appreciate the time. Make sure you check out his rants on the Business of Sports podcast. He goes much, much more in depth and a lot more detail that you'll be able to get. It's the Business of Sports podcast. If you are not already subscribed, please do and add it to your weekly listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. There he is, Andrew Brandt, drinking his tea like you can always see, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Speaking of that, I, I picture, I should ask him about this, I picture Andrew Brandt being a HelloFresh guy. HelloFresh offers 23-plus recipes each week featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, ingredients. Eating healthier, he eats really healthy. It has never been easier. They've got low-cal, carb-smart, vegetarian, pescatarian. And here's the deal. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash 10Tucker and use the code 10Tucker, you get 10 free meals, including free shipping. Free food? Yeah. If you follow my Twitter or social media at Ross Tucker NFL, you know I like me some free meals. These are 10 to 20-minute meals, perfect for your busy schedule. It's HelloFresh.com slash 10Tucker and use code 10Tucker for 10 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one Meal kit. Big fan of HelloFresh. Good morning, Ross. Well, you talked about it with Andrew, obviously, but anything you want to add on the Browns' current COVID predicament? I think just, Bri, it's just so frustrating that the Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, and this happens to them. And over the last couple of weeks, they've had a bunch of guys go on the COVID list. And then it's not just their coach. It's the coach of the year in the NFL. The coach of the year in the NFL. That's not going to be able to coach on Sunday. He's also the play caller. So it's just brutal. It's a double whammy. He's not just any coach. He's the coach of the year. He's not just any coach. He's the offensive play caller. And then Joel Batonio, it's a... Uh, Kadero Hodge is the receiver, and Joel Petonio is the offensive lineman that we know of so far. Petonio is the longest-tenured Brown, started a bunch of years next to Joe Thomas, finally makes the playoffs after all those crappy seasons, and now he can't play. And by the way, Cam Hayward's coming back after they gave him a week off, maybe the best bull rusher in the NFL, going against 
He's going to be essentially the Browns' fourth-string guard. I hate it. I hate it for the Browns. I hate coronavirus. It's just the way it is. It's what we've been living for with for 10 months now, and I'm still not seeing an end in sight. It's very, very, very unfortunate. And hopefully all of us can do everything we can do on our ends, and the leaders of our various countries can do the best on their end as well, because I'm, I'm sick of it now. Ducks takes. Sticking with the Cleveland Browns and another Brown who will not be playing this, uh, this weekend and really for the rest of the year, uh, defensive end Olivier Vernon tore his Achilles uh, in the game against the Steelers on Sunday. Absolutely brutal again. He's been having an awesome year. I mean, before that game Sunday, if they play it, I hope they play it. We have to see, like, all the guys for the Browns that are out. Vernon's been awesome opposite Miles Garrett. And now he's out with the torn Achilles. But that that at least happens. Like, it stinks for the Browns. But that's at least a real thing that happens. Players get injuries. And I know this year, guys testing positive for COVID or contact tracing is a real thing. It's just a shame, the timing of it, for sure. Anything you want to add to the uh, topic that you and Andrew discussed about the Texans hiring the Casario as their general manager? Well, I mean, the process is just kind of comical, right? I mean, the, the, the process of them announcing that Jack Easterby really doesn't have that much impact and then Easterby's handpicked guy becomes the GM just kind of laughable the whole hiring the search firm but then not picking one of them just throwing away money I will say this Nick Casario is impressive and I think Nick Casario will do a very good job he worked me out back in 05 when the Patriots ended up signing me during the 2005 season he is intense I mean he put me through a hard workout he is universally respected I think he'll do a good job. I just think it's the process that's the issue. Ducks takes. Some other news today. The Bills signed wide receiver Kenny Stills to their practice squad. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer declaring that Tua will be the starting quarterback next year. And the Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs arrested on DUI charges. Did you um, kind of wimp out on saying Tua's last name? Tango Bailoa. Okay. No. Because I have written down Tunga Vailoa, but you didn't say it. So I thought you kind of wimped out. No, no. I got okay. it. That would be a cool thing to talk about sometime. How many NFL players go by can go by one name? You know? Because Tua absolutely can. Like, most of them, I guess, would just go by their last name. But how many NFL players can go just by their first name? Olivier. No. I mean, you know it's Olivier Vernon, but most people don't. No, Everybody I, I, knows I know what you're saying. It's obviously got to be a star player. It's got to be a... When it was Peyton Manning, you could just say Peyton. True. I don't know if you could say Tom. If you said Tommy, people would know who you meant. Patrick? Nah, close. People call him Mahomes. It's a good, it's a good thing. Anyway, the Bills... Um, you know, Kenny Stills is more of an outside guy. 
but still makes me a little bit nervous about Cole Beasley's knee injury. Although I've, I've seen knee, I've seen foot. I don't know what his injury is. But when a coach says he's week to week, that makes me think he's not playing that week. Because if he's going to play that week, he'd be day to day. So that was a shame, too, because it was fourth quarter of that Patriots game that Beasley got tweaked up a little bit. And I think they just want Stills as security because if they have another injury. Smart, by the way. Very smart. Also probably smart for Chris Greer to say that Tua is going to be their starting quarterback. I mean, he can always change his mind later. I don't think he will, but he can. So I I sort of understand that, where he's coming from there. Uh, and I think that's important to show Tua you have confidence in him and try to put all that stuff to bed right away so that there's not talk of them using the third pick on a quarterback. As for Josh Jacobs and the DUI charges, not good. Like, plus there was like Jedrick Wills and some other – Brown were caught drag racing. Maybe Rashard Higgins. Like, guys, come on. Come on, fellas. Speaking of coming on, I'm just going to mention it briefly. Valentine's Day is going to be here before you know it. Just get ahead of the game. Get a story from myfrontpagestory.com. I know a bunch of you have already, which is awesome, like you did for the holidays. It's the best Valentine's Day gift of all time. There is no debate. Get ahead of it. Get ahead of Valentine's Day this year. Get a story from myfrontpagestory.com. Let's get an email in, Bright. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rosstucker.com. It's actually very cool. Anytime you take advantage of any of our sponsors or just rate and review the show, I guarantee to read and respond to your question on the show. We're getting to get to a bunch of them on Tuesday and or start to have some new surprise mystery guests on Tuesday. All right. Today's question, Ross, comes from Scott Parkinson. Hey, Ross, I'm a longtime listener. I love your podcast. And as you requested, I've updated my iTunes or Apple podcast review of the Mighty RTFP. Gave you five stars again. I really like it when you have Greg Cosell on the show. And I have a question for you and or Greg. Now, back on September 24th podcast, Greg mentioned using, quote, man beater concepts. I'm not sure what that is, and I would love a more detailed explanation of what that is and how it's done. I'd also like a similar explanation for zone beater concepts. Thanks for always for the great shows, and keep up the great work. So as you would imagine, Scott, man beater concepts are specific plays that are good against man coverage. Zone beater concepts are specific plays that are good against zone coverage. Example of man beaters would be anything with like a bunch set, anything where there's a rub route or a natural pick that's designed to beat man-to-man coverage. Zone beater would be more like um, high-lowing a guy or like a levels concept where you know there's going to be this guy in the flat. So you put one receiver five yards ahead of him, in front of him, one receiver, five yards behind him. You put that zone defender into conflict. You look at the underneath guy, you throw it to the guy behind him, or you look at the guy behind him, and then you throw it underneath. You put him into conflict. That is designed to get guys open against zone coverage. So good question, Scotty. Love it. Keep them coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. 
Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X, Fantasy Feast, breaking down all six games from a DFS perspective. Plus, Joe Dolan's just an awesome analyst on today's Fantasy Feast. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.